came a long way. That's what the song said. And I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. We came a long way. That's what the song said. And I could do all Hey, what's up? What's going on? And welcome to the Be Real Podcast, where we keep it real on social issues, history, news, faith, and everything in between. It's your one-stop podcast with thought-provoking talk and real content. Now, it's time to get real with your host, Brandon Mosley. You already know what I'm going to tell you. Swag out. I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. That's what the songs say. I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. That's what the songs say. What's going on? What's going on? Thank you. Thank you once again for joining me. On this podcast, I'm Brandon Mosley, your host for the Be Real Podcast. Thank you for listening. Also, once again, I'm going to remind you, five-star me. Please go ahead and let people know that you're enjoying this podcast, wherever you may be listening to and however you're listening to it. Uh, Go ahead and write me a review as well. It's a wonderful day, um, and it's the perfect time to get into some really important stuff. We have a great show for you on today. Um, First and foremost... Um, let's get right into what the subject is. We're talking about voting fraud. Is it real? This is a myth buster today. Um, so we, that's what we're going to be looking into. I want you to listen to the soundbite real quick and, and we'll go from there. The only way we're going to lose this election is if the election is rigged. Remember that. It'll end up being a rigged election. The Democrats are trying to rig this election because it's the only way they're going to win. Will you commit here today for a peaceful transferal of power after the election? There has been rioting in Louisville. There's been rioting in many cities across this country, red and your so-called red and blue states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transferal of power after the election? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but and, people are rioting. Do you commit oh, to making sure that there's a no, peaceful transfer of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. So yeah, um, our president of the United States is using the word rig quite a bit in terms of this election. We're a democracy, a republic, of course, as well, but. I mean, we, we pride ourselves on the idea of free elections and we get to peacefully have a revolution, you can say, every four years. Well, our president, Donald Trump, is saying the only way this, that he can lose is if it's rigged. And he has yet to come out and say that, you know, if he does lose, which is a strong possibility... That he's going to concede and, you know, accept the results and move forward. Um, That's kind of scary if he doesn't. So the reason why he says he's not doing it or he wouldn't do it right right off the bat is because there's voting fraud. And if there is voting voting fraud, that's a serious claim. and That's a problem we got to handle. So with that being said, what, what I found out is one out of every four voters Think like these people. Do you think that if we get to election night or in the following days, if Biden winds up somehow becoming the winner, do you think it's rigged? Oh, yes. 
Very much so. What are the chances, do you think, that this election might be rigged? I'll tell you, with the, with the mail-in ballots we don't like, I'll tell you, there's a lot of cheating that's been exposed, especially over the last four or five years. See, our president brought this to our attention. See, this stuff was going on that nobody really knew about, and it just happened and happened and happened. An election night yes. days after, if it shows up that Joe Biden won, yes. in your opinion, would that be the only way that Trump could lose, that it be a rigged election? Is that the only way Joe Biden can win? Absolutely. I agree with that. Because there's no way in heck our president's going to lose. But yes, there, I, it would be a rigged election. There was there's some type of cheating went on. What have you? And I, I firmly believe that. So one out of four voters truly believe that voting fraud occurs through the mail. These people are saying the only way of Joe Biden wins is been rigged. Let's mindfully for the last year or so. Polling with Joe Biden and Trump, Joe Biden's been up most of the time by double digits. Okay, let's just clarify that. Also, the president lost the popular vote last time around by 2.5, 2.9 million votes, nearly 3 million votes from Hillary Clinton. And they are saying, when I say they, these one out of four are saying the only way that Trump can lose is if it's rigged. Not that if he can't, you know, carry certain states that he carried before. Not that he's literally trailing double digits in the polling. It's just that it's going to have to be some form of voter fraud. Um, before we get really deep into this, you know, I got to tell you guys a story. Um, so let, let's get right to it. So story time is brought to you by Halloween. It's Halloween weekend. Um, by the time you listen to this, it should be either su- Sunday evening or Monday morning. So I'm going to give you a Halloween story. It's not going to be a spooky story at all um, because what's happening in America is kind of spooky already. But anyways, um, so I grew up, of course, in the Christian church. So we didn't really do too much celebration of Halloween. Um, but I was able to go trick-or-treating and things of that nature. But I didn't really ever dress up. Um, not often. Really never. Other than I think I was Ninja Turtles, like a Ninja Turtle, like way, way back in the day. I was like four or five. And I remember dressing up as John the Baptist. Like, yeah, legit John the Baptist with like sheets on for like a a church hallelujah night. Yeah. Yeah, I was John the Baptist. I won I won best uh costume prize that year too. But anyways, uh, my story comes from seventh grade so in seventh grade i went uh trick-or-treating of course when you went trick-or-treating back in the day this is the late 90s it's like 98 99 um you're gonna have a pillowcase y'all a pillowcase no no other means or, or or ways to collect candy other than a pillowcase okay it's durable it carries a lot of candy it's the best thing all right so I ended up going with one of my boys, um, just me and him. It, it was one of a mutual friends of, of David, a friend of the show. And um, originally when we went out, my mom gave us gave me a, um, a Jack in the Box. Uh, I remember a Jack in the Box uh, cheeseburger. Um, and I ate that before going trick-or-treating because, you know, you, gotta, you can't go trick-or-treating on an empty stomach. Because you're going to end up eating all the candy and you're going to get sick. You don't want that. And besides, you want to get home and trade that candy with your brothers and sisters. All right. 
So I commenced to uh, finish this cheeseburger, gave my, my boy a piece, Jack in the Box is on the West Coast, for those who, who may be listening who may, may not have a Jack in Box close to them. And um, we started trick-or-treating. We went to this one house, and this lady, we knocked on the door. It was a kind of strange-looking house, but hey, on, during Halloween, when you're trick-or-treating, you, you hit every single door, all right? You're you're hitting every door like a Jehovah Witness, and you're not you're not taking no. You're just not taking no. So we knocked on the door. This lady came, and she had a big bag of like grandma cookies, the oatmeal ones with the white icing on it, right? And she opened up the bag, and with her bare hands, grabbed two to three cookies each, and placed them in my pillowcase, and placed them in my friend pillowcase as well. We looked at each other in, in, in shock and awe, like, how, what? How are you going to give us cookies from your bare hands that are not packaged? This is, this is strange. So we ended up throwing the cookies back um, once she closed the door. Okay, we didn't want them. We just threw them back. God wouldn't do that now. Some great self, 13, 14 years old, had to do it. So we ended up going on another block and we, you know, we traversed miles, right? We, we're going to get candy. So we're blocks away at this point. And there's some, there's a person outside having people bob for apples. And my seventh grade self said, absolutely not. I'm not bobbing in anyone water that I do not know where there's random people bobbing for apples as well. So my friend Bob for apples, um, he ended up getting wet and it's middle of night, October, fairly cold. After all these other people bobbed for apples, it was a bad idea. So we keep going, keep going. Then we thought we found the jackpot. And the jackpot was a person who had candy placed on a dummy, right? It was, it looked like a dummy, had a black hood on. It looked like the, the, like, I don't know, some type of deaf angel or I don't know what they were trying to do and it was like a red blink light blinky light behind it and I, and we looked at it and thought okay this is automatic okay we we started to talk amongst each other each other and said who's going to grab the candy you know are we going to take all the candy or big handfuls what are we going to do so we decided to go together right count of three one two three we tiptoed to this dummy and started to grab the candy as soon as I put my hand in the candy bowl, the dummy came to life. It was a real person and grabbed my hand. I screamed, ah, right. Um, I might've tried to swing, swing on the person. I might've missed. I can't remember um, exactly, but they sk- tried to scare us and end up giving us a couple pieces of candy. Okay, fine. It's the end of the night. I'm going through the story quick. We got to get on. And there was like a few teenage guys, like four, four or five of them they're probably like in 11th grade and they started to, uh, we overheard them talk about us. And my, my friend, you know, started to talk to them aggressive as well. And I'm just looking at them like, man, there's, they're like four or five of them and they're double our size. So I don't, I don't know if we want these problems. All I can remember them saying, get their candy. In my mind, I said to myself, there's no way I'm giving this candy up. So I started to run, 
When I say I started to run, it was Forrest Gump speed, okay? They was not going to catch me. All I remember my chest pounding and the bag hitting my knees. They didn't catch up to us. We made it home with our candy safe. And that was one of my last Halloween's trick-or-treating. Because I realized it was too dangerous out there to trick-or-treat. So enough with the story time. Let's get into some real business. So we're going to start off with a few things. Um, I I want to make sure we understand what voting fraud is, um, some of the history, and also the the modern history, meaning the last four years or so leading up to the claims from our president. So first and foremost, um, voting fraud is simple. It's any way to manipulate the results of an election, right? Um, Commonly used words will be rigging uh, the votes, right? It could be used through means of adding votes or, you know, destroying votes or taking away votes somehow. Um, and ways that voting fraud occurs could be impersonating, um, a voter at at the polls. It could be false registration. It could be fraudulent absentee votes, uh, buying votes, illegal assistance at the polls, ineligible voting, right? And altering the voting count. So any of these methods would be considered voting fraud. So when we look at the history of voting fraud, we see it really first happen when we start our elections in the 1780s. Remember one of the um, episodes that we did, the voting suppression, we talked about how you had to be a white male with property. So what would happen is they would give people, when I say them, those who are property owners would give poor white males um, a deed to their land for a day, right? For a a portion of their land, let's say an acre or what have you, um, for the day. And they would be able to go vote. Of course, they would want them to vote for the candidate that they would like, of course. And that's how they would loan that one-day deed. So they were able to vote that way. So that was the first form of voting fraud. What we also started to see is um, cooping. Cooping was a way that gangs would kidnap people and force them to vote for certain candidates and force them to vote multiple times in disguises, right? They would force them to get drunk or um, force drugs on them as well. So they will have this person for days. They usually kidnap them a day to two days before the election and put them through the ringer to make sure that they're going to do exactly what they asked for. Um, some say the myth is Edgar Allan Poe um, possibly was a victim of this um, cooping uh, because he was found dead close to a polling place. So some people say that might have been the case. Um, so it, it's insane to think about. That you could just be walking the street one day, um, a couple days before election, and someone and a, a group of people could just snatch you up and hold you for days and force you to vote a certain way. That would scare me to a point where I, me and voting probably wouldn't get along. Right? Um, that's what most people would think. Um, 
But what we see is after the 1890 voting reform, um, we started to see voting change. And the reason why that reform even happened was because of voting fraud. And voting fraud then were, were more like forcing, coercing people to vote um, in the public sector. So uh, on display. So you either vote verbally through your voice or you would vote using a colored ticket. And each color ticket would be representative representative of the party or the person you were voting for. So party bosses would um, enlist factory bosses to bring in their employees to vote and stand in the right lines to vote. And if that person who works for the factory did not vote for the person that their owner or management would like them to vote for, that person would, guess what, lose their job. So this is what was happening. And, and, and before then, you also had people go walking in disguises, coming in disguises, impersonating people and things of that nature, and would double vote. This stuff did happen. Don't get me wrong. But after 1890, we had this thing called the Australian vote by way of UK that came from Australia, literally. And it's the secret vote. It's the vote that we see today. That is one ballot, right? That's not distinct, distinguished by parties. And you could vote in secret without, secret without anyone knowing your exact vote. That's what we have today. Thank God, right? Um, so you can go in there and vote your conscience and not tell anyone about it, right? What we also see, though, when we come out of the Civil War and African-Americans receive the vote, right? because of the 15th Amendment, African-Americans, outside of just voter suppression that we saw in the former episode, there was also voting fraud. Here, here's an excerpt from a um, testimony of an African-American um, from 1883. He says this, and this is from, the, from Georgia, Georgia, and he testified in front of the Senate in 1883. This is what he says. We are a majority here. But you may vote till your eyes drop out or your tongue drops out and you can't count your colored man in out of them boxes. There's a hole gets in the bottom of the boxes some way and let out our votes. So he was saying somehow African-Americans are voting, but their votes aren't being counted. And he was seeing that based off of the election count and also possibly what he saw firsthand. So many African-Americans were saying that they were going to the voting polls, but their votes ended up being damaged, lost, um, or not counted or disqualified. Okay. Um, Something that some African-Americans still say is happening today, the voter suppression and things of that nature. Right. Um, So, these allegations of fraud caused um, to re- cause more stricting, strict, restrictive voting right laws to ensure that it wouldn't happen. Right. And this is normally where voting suppression occurs when there is some form of allegation of so-called voting fraud. So what we see in like states like Pennsylvania in 1883, 1833, I'm sorry. Um, They actually passed a voting registration law that said that 
the assessor would have to go door to door to complete a list of eligible voters. And that person did not end up on that list because they were not home. They would not be able to vote. Or if they didn't have any form of name recognition on their door, like big brass nameplates, which would normally be something that people who had money and well-to-do would have. And people who had money normally would be home during those times. Um, Those who were poor and working class, the assessor could never get to them. So they weren't able to vote. And they said they were doing that in Pennsylvania because there was voting fraud happening. In 1866 in California, similar uh, restrictions were passed um, because they felt that immigrants were committing voting fraud by trying to register to vote when they weren't even citizens. So what they ended up doing was if you wanted to register to vote, you had to come down to the registrar office and bring your naturalization papers, your citizenship papers, right, to the clerk, the original ones. And if you did not have them, you will have to have someone to come in and testify to households, right? And they had to be legal voters and citizens of the state for a full year, right? And you would have to get this done three months before the general election. And this was because simply the fear of fraud through immigration, right? Having these people vote. So in New Jersey, we talked about them in the prior episode. They had fairly lax laws at one point in voting. And what happened was there was some voting fraud. So voting fraud, they had people impersonating different people. They had people coming from out of state. Um, at one point, and this was roughly like, you know, a few elections before this law changed. So by 1866, the Republicans in that state decided to make everyone who wanted to register would have to register the Thursday before the election. And anyone could challenge your registration. And if they challenge it and somehow the grounds of challenging was found acceptable, you will be taken off the list. And if you weren't on the list as a registered voter, you would not be able to vote. That's pretty much why voting fraud is a serious allegation and historically has changed um, the way we register to vote. And what we see now um, is allegations as well. But here's the deal. These allegations didn't come out of nowhere They started a long time ago. And when I say a long time ago, they started in 2016. So weeks after the election, President Trump, um, we found out President Trump lost the popular vote by 2.9 million. We'll say 3 million. 3 million. And he started to tweet things like this. In addition to winning the Electoral College in a landslide, he says, I won the popular vote if you deduct the millions of people who voted illegally. So he started to create a narrative that Hillary Clinton had um, people who shouldn't have been able to vote, like immigrants, um, people impersonating people, things of that nature. And he's saying this was like a widespread issue. 
millions of votes. It would have to be millions of votes because, bro, you lost by like three million. We're talking about popular vote, of course. So to say that he's and in essence saying our voting process is worthless. Pretty much what he's saying. Um, So I started doing some digging. And here's what I found out. Only about 30 incidents of suspected non-citizen voting um, actually was investigated from that election, right? And that's out of millions of votes, right? Millions of votes. And those 30 people, um, some of them thought they could vote. Some of them did not understand the process. So, yeah, we're talking about 30 people out of millions of votes. And he said there was millions of millions of people who are not citizens trying to vote. Okay. Um, Then the second thing he started to do was he started to literally blame his loss in New Hampshire. This is 2016 still to be to have. For some reason, he believed that people were being bused in from Massachusetts from uh, into New Hampshire. Okay. We find out, though, um, even the Secretary of State of New Hampshire, that there was no proof of that, of anyone being bused in to sway the votes. Okay. He's grabbing for straws at this point. The Brennan Center... Um, and numbers, numbers of journalists, of course, rebuttal this claim, right? And with the Secretary of State, Bill Gardner, who's actually a member of Trump's own voting fraud commission, said there was zero evidence that this happened, okay? But here's the deal. Even after that being said in 2016, Trump actually repeated this claim in February of 2020 at a rally in New Hampshire. So after it's been proven that this was not a fact, our president of the United States lied. Go figure. Trump lied. Come on. Trump Trump lied. That, that can't be the case, right? What we also find out is in November 2018, the president also claimed that the Republicans don't win, and that's because of potentially illegal votes when people get in line that have absolutely no right to vote and they go around in circles this is him speaking sometimes they go to their car and put on a different hat put on a different shirt come in and vote again i'm gonna let that one sink in so He's saying there's a mass conspiracy to have people who are immigrants to go vote, people who are undocumented immigrants, in essence, non-citizens, right, to go vote, go back to their car, put a hat, maybe like a mustache on and some shades, and go vote again. Hmm. Where... In 35 states, unfortunately, there's voter ID laws. That's one. 
Okay. That's one really big deal. Um, other states, you have to sign your ballot and they match your signature with the signature that's on file. Hmm. No. Okay. There is no, literally no evidence to back these claims up at all. So what we see also is another claim in 2019, then secretary of state, David Whitley from Texas, he declared something very similar. He's a Republican that 95,000 non-citizens in Texas, um, were on voter rolls and he accused 58,000 of them of actually, actually casting a ballot. Right. And he decided that these people should be purged from the voting rolls. Right. So after some research, of course, they find this out that actually his list was completely inaccurate. A federal court quickly intervened and forced him to stop purging the voting rolls. Um, then he, Mr. Whitley, eventually apologized. And guess what he did? Resigned. Because there was no proof of anything he was saying. What happens is in Texas, you can... If you have a driver's license, you can at least register to vote, pre-register to vote, citizen or not. Okay, that's this is what happens. That doesn't mean you can vote. Okay, pre-register, getting prepared to become a citizen because every year in Texas, there's thousands of people who become citizens. Okay, and they pre-register before they become a citizen. Hmm. He probably should have known that since he's the Secretary of State. Just saying. Now we find ourselves closer to present present day. So let's listen to our president um, speaking about some other voting fraud allegations. These ballots are a horror show. Uh, They found uh, six ballots in an office yesterday in a garbage can. They were Trump ballots, eight ballots in an office yesterday in, in a certain state. And uh, they were they had Trump written on it and they were thrown in a garbage can. Uh, This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And uh, we're investigating that. Uh, It's a terrible thing that's going on with these ballots. Uh, Who's sending them? Where are they sending them? Where are they going? Uh, What areas are they going to? What? So what Trump was speaking about was an incident that happened in uh, Pennsylvania, which is a battleground state right now. Right. It's an important state. So four hours after he made those claims hinting towards um, these concerns, the U S justice department sent out a press release declaring nine discarded ballots has been found in Lucerne County. Okay. In Pennsylvania. And that seven were votes for Trump, Trump. Okay. So you mean to tell me out of, the millions of votes that come from this state, you're concerning yourself with supposedly seven different ballots. So he even used this rumor 
in the debate, the first debate against um, Vice President Biden with 73 million people watching. This is still unproven, okay? What we find out later that week, the election chief explained that it was simply an actual error and confusion from a new temporary employee, not intentional fraud, right? This is after Trump said this is probably happening thousands of places, that this is a, an effort to make sure he loses. We're talking about seven ballots, okay? That was misplaced, okay? That was bad, okay? I admit that. That shouldn't happen. Of course, that shouldn't happen, okay? But here's another one. A case um, from Wisconsin, okay, um, a day before the Pennsylvania incident, there was a 107-word story. And this story speak, spoke of three bundles of mail, saying there was a, three bundles of mail full of ballots ditched on a highway outside of Greenville. This story was picked up by uh, Breitbart News and shared 68,000 times on Facebook. So everyone on Facebook was liking, sharing this thing, all right, and was using this story as proof of the concerted effort to find ourselves with voter fraud, okay? What we found out after 68,000 people shared this original 107-word story that was stretched out to something totally different and was a rallying call for all Republicans to believe that our dear president, President Trump, is being cheated out of this election by Joe Biden and the Democrats and the far left wing, the socialist people, AOC and all of them. And what we find out is this. The week later that these actual three bundles of mail um, did not have any ballots at all. No ballots. Okay. So these bundles that were found did not have any ballots. The original writer of this story um, retracted and that retraction only was shared 33 times and not one Republican revised their statements or apologized or came out with the truth. What I'm finding out is that the lies have wings and they're flying. The truth has legs and it's walking. But when the truth does get there, it's going to stand. But it's seemingly taking a long time for the truth to get there because everyone is enamored by the lies. Okay. That we have social medias, uh, social media accounts that are consistently sharing, consistently commenting and using these things as fact before fact checking, checking them before reading a full article, before doing research, people see three or four words and the three or four words that was on this actual story was ballots ditched in Wisconsin. And there was no ballots at all in those three bundles of mail. Another claim that we saw um, that the president made and, and that we hear that we heard, we heard that in Georgia during the primaries, close to a thousand people double voted. Okay. And the Republican state officials 
decided to launch, using taxpayer money, of course, an investigation of those thousand alleged incidents. Well, by the end of this investigation, they found out that everyone who supposedly double voted actually went to vote because they didn't think, since, you know, George was not the easiest with absentee votes, they didn't think their absentee ballots would make it on time to be counted. So they went in in person to ensure that their vote would be counted. Okay. And there's many safety protocols to ensure that if someone double votes, it's easily caught. So these people were being malicious by coming in to vote. They're coming in to vote because they didn't think how their state you know, laws with the absentee votes were that their vote and with the mail, of course, what was happening in the mail that we talked about with the suppression episode, the slowing down of the mail, uh, didn't think their vote would be counted. So they wanted to make sure that they got the vote in. Simple, right? But here's the deal. This is another story that was picked up and the truth hasn't came out easily and ready available. And it's already done its damage to make people believe that there is some grand conspiracy of voter fraud. Every time I turn around, I see it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, people truly believing there's voter fraud. And believing that mailing in your ballots would immediately mean there's some voter fraud happening in the middle of a pandemic. People are dying. We're up to 230,000 deaths right now or more. And it's just going to get worse because of winter. And these people who want to, who, who, you know, being pressed into saying, don't, don't mail your vote. And, um, we see the opposite actually happen that it's at an all time high in terms of, pre-voting through the mail and early voting. So that that's amazing to know. Um, but looking at all this that we, we've talked about, let's look at the numbers and let's see if we can completely break down this myth. Okay. So looking at the Heritage Foundation that maintains the best database, they said over the past 20 years, about 250 million votes have been cast by mail nationally. And looking at that, they said there was roughly about 1,200 cases of possible fraud. Okay. And what resulted into this, to this was no more than 204 fraudulent use of absentee votes. Ballots, I'm sorry. And only 143 of those resulted in actual criminal conviction. Which means within those 20 years, it comes out to be about seven to eight cases per year. Nationally. Okay. It also means across the 50 states, there's been an average of three cases per state. Hmm. Over that 20 year, year span, of course, right? This is just one case per 
state every six or seven years. Hmm. That's not much. So what we're actually talking about this occurring only 0.00006% of the time of all total votes. That's how much voting fraud occurs through the mail in the last 20 years. Okay. It's not saying much. Well, in Oregon in 2000, um, they were one of the first states that started mailing ballots to all voters. Okay. And with well over 50 million ballots cast since then, um, there has been only two fraud cases verified. Okay. With that being said, in those last 20 years, we're talking about 0.0000004%. That's about five times less likely for you to be hit with lightning in the United States. Let that, let that one sink in. You're more likely, much more likely to be hit by lightning than there to be voting fraud. Through the mail, okay? Mail ballots, what they do, they, they literally match the signature either through some form of technology, and if it doesn't come out clear there, through human oversight, right? Manually, they're going to check the signature. That's what they do, right? They also have barcodes to make sure you don't vote more than once. Hmm. But for some reason, we're being told that it's unsafe, right? In reality, it's nearly impossible to commit mail voting fraud and not get caught. And it's not going to be enough at a large enough scale to really even affect the election. We're talking about a couple votes. Literally, a couple of votes. Not a couple hundred, not a couple thousand, not a million we're talking about a handful of votes, possibly, possibly. That's what we're talking about. So the real question is, why would Trump be doing this, right? Why is he using Fox News, social media, and even the federal government at this point as his tools to create and sell some type of agenda that the election is rigged. Why would he undermine a democracy that's been around for hundreds of years, the oldest democracy in the world? Why would he discredit our elections, right? Why would he cause fear, panic, anger? Why would he do that? Why would he be claiming that there's voting, voter fraud? Why would he do that? So what happens is when there's claims of voting fraud, that discourage people from voting. Voter suppression. They will think if you continue to hear this, if you're a Democrat or someone who may not be a fan of, of Trump, you're thinking they're going to end up stealing the election. There's no reason for me to vote anyways. I'm not going to vote. Um, because they're going to think the elections are already decided. Another reason is... Maybe, just maybe, something like this happens. 
A big call to make. CNN announces that we call Florida in the Al Gore column. This is a state both campaigns desperately wanted to win. Stand by, stand by. Uh, CNN right now is moving our earlier declaration of Florida back to the too close to call column. Ah. 25 very big electoral votes in the home state of the governor's brother, Jeff Bush, are hanging in the balance. (laughs) This no longer is a victory for (laughs) Vice President Gore. George Bush, governor of Texas, will become the 43rd president of the United States at 18 minutes past 2 o'clock Eastern Time. CNN declares that George Walker Bush has won Florida's 25 electoral votes. The vice president has recalled the governor and retracted his concession. But this race is simply too close to call. And until the results, the recount is concluded and the results of Florida Florida become official, our campaign continues. Bill Daly, the uh, chairman of the Gore campaign, you just heard it. We're all, uh, I think we can hardly believe our ears. He said, uh, until the results are official and certified in the state of Florida, we are going to continue our campaign. We hope and believe we have elected the next president of the United States. They're still counting, and I'm confident when it's all said and done, we will prevail. For every successive hour from this point on, CNN will be your network to find out what is the latest on that presidential race in the United States. So, yeah, maybe another 2000. He may want another 2000. He's already said that he's not going to concede. He's going to fight this to the bitter end if it's close. Okay, I remember 2000 very, um, very clearly. I was in eighth grade. I remember talking someone out of voting for Bush um, when I was in eighth grade. Uh, It was someone that was at my church. I remember telling them if Bush becomes president, we're going to end up in war and we're going to end up with a failed economy. I said that I was in eighth grade, y'all. And I was saying that just looking at history and look what happens with Republicans and um, his stands internationally and stuff like that. Um, I always loved politics. Always did. Always did. Always did. So what we saw in 2000 was Florida was too close to call. Why was it too close to call? Because the hanging chad was one thing. Um, That's when the whole punches didn't go through correctly. And also in some counties, a lot of votes for Pat Buchanan, the third party candidate. And that third party candidate was supposed to be Trump, by the way. And he decided not to run out of nowhere and then they called Pat Buchanan up. It was the same party that had um, uh, Ventura from Minnesota, that governor, the wrestler. So what happened was um, they decided to do that recount, right? The electric recount. And the margin that Bush had that was 800 and some odd votes went down to 500 odd votes. And Gore challenged and said, I want four other areas to be voted, counties to be voted by hand. The state Supreme Court or the Secretary of State said, okay, you have until like, I think November, it was 14th or something like that. Um, He wanted more time. He went to the state uh, Supreme Court and they gave him more time. Um, Two of them actually finished it. One of them didn't even bother to do it. Another one handed in two hours too late and they wouldn't even accept the vote. So 
even with that, he was down only by a few hundred votes, right? So what we see is going to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided on a partisan lines to end the election after 19 odd days, 19, 20 days. And this is really what Trump wants. He just installed three in his last four years, three Supreme Court justices. And the the last two he picked were are like, you know, some say party hacks. So, yeah, this will work in his favor um, if if it gets to that. And I think that's part of what he wants. And this is what, the reason why I think he does, um, because this opinion from uh, Justice Kavanaugh, it was a five to three ruling um, concerning the uh, deadline for Wisconsin, all right? Partisan lines as well. And it was all about if Wisconsin could have additional time to have ballots come in through the mail, and they decided that was a no. Other states, they said yes, but Wisconsin, for some reason, they said no. But Kavanaugh says this. To avoid the chaos of suspicion or impropriety that can ensue if thousands of absentee ballots flow in after election day and potentially flip the result, results of an election. And he added this. Those states also wanted to be able to definitely announce the results of the election on election night or as soon as possible thereafter. Here's a couple of flaws with that. One, this mirrors the actual argument that Trump's, Trump has been making. Two, um, these are ballots that have been postmarked before election day. These ballots are flipping the results because they're a part of the result. Because they're votes. Free election. Free and fair. Lastly, an issue is also... The idea that these states want to announce who wins right away. No, these states don't. These states actually take days to confirm the votes and count the rest of the absentee votes. What happens is the media look looks at the the voting pattern and looks at the percent of the votes that have been counted and they can make what? A projection like they did in 2000. So that's what really is happening and that's what they really are looking for to to occur. What really makes um, Justice Kavanaugh really um, interesting is he was actually the one of the attorneys for guess who Bush, and he argued um, that additional votes should be counted for Bush that was coming in from military and things of that nature. So he actually won. And those additional votes help push Bush ahead of Gore. Okay, but he's singing a totally different tune. And another caveat I would like to add that the Supreme Court that made the decision back in 2000 said they didn't want that decision to be set to be counted as a precedent. We're talking about the five conservative conservative justices that they said that this is a one off thing. The Supreme Court is all about setting precedents. I I don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it. So it's something to think about, y'all. Something to think about. Welcome to another Be Inspired moment. And I want to use a, a quote from Helen Keller. It says this, Never bend your head 
always hold it high. Look the world straight in the eye. This deals with confidence. So many of us are losing our confidence because of difficult moments, difficult days, and just feeling like you're not succeeding. And that is showing on the way you're walking around this world. Don't bend your head down low. Don't show the world your failures in your face. But what you should be doing is keeping that pride, keeping that belief, keeping that strength that you're worthwhile and you have some amazing things on its way. But I've always been taught to fake it till you make it. So keep your head up high. Continue to look for that prize. It might be somewhere in the sky. Before my final thought, if you would like to share your voting experience and the feelings that you've had since the election, please, please, please send it to me through my email, which will be in the show notes or also a voicemail through Anchor. I would love to hear from you and would love to use your experience on one of the next episodes concerning this election. Thank you. In my final thought, first and foremost, I want to let you know voting fraud as what we see today has been a myth. And this myth has been busted. It's not true. We have a fair and free election. And I want to use these words from Al Gore. Take it from me, every vote counts. Him out of all people understands that if people do not go out and vote, the decisions are being made for them. That there's people who will prefer you to never, ever vote. We heard that from our president when he said, well, we will have a, a easy and free election if you take away these ballots. And the ballots he's talking about is your ballot. Your ballot that you mailed in, the ballot that you dropped off, or the ballot you would go and fill out on election day. So understand your vote truly does count. It matters. Your voice matters. So please make sure you vote. Make sure you let your voice be known. And hopefully we'll see some real change. Never know, right? So, God bless. Don't forget, there's no bad days, only bad moments. And you, you get to decide. So decide to have a good one. God bless.